the first element that is uh, interesting in this gospel is that um, Mary and Joseph bring their child to be presented to the Lord. You know, it's similar to what we do in our baptism, but uh, as a right, the, the fact that we commemorate the important event of a birth in a family by bringing that child to God. Obviously, Christian baptism is more than a simple presentation was for for the Old Testament. But it has that sort of significance. The law of Moses prescribed that every firstborn should be presented in the temple in Jerusalem and to offer the sacrifice uh, for, for his presentation. And the interesting thing that you know in, the, in hindsight is that here is the one who is the Lamb of God, the one who will rescue us. Uh, he is the fulfillment of all the sacrifices of the Old Testament. He is a true temple. Jesus is the true temple where the Father dwells, where the Holy Spirit dwells. And yet, this Ark of the Covenant, this new temple, comes into the old temple to be presented. Um, it's a sort of meeting point of the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's also interesting that in the context of the fulfillment of the law, of following the prescribed ordinance and the, what has been in, uh, instituted by God in the Old Testament, in this context of careful obedience to the law of Mary and Joseph. That's when the charismatic gifts of Simeon's and Anna's prophecy are, are manifested, right? So at times these two are opposed, as if, you know, following prescribed prayers and, and formal, you know, liturgies was a very, was stifling and uh, kind of caging the spirit, something like that. And yet we see that in, in experience and also here in the gospel that that's not the case. Many times it's precisely in those contexts when, when, where the Holy Spirit is manifested in this free action. Well, then they come to fulfill the law, and that's where Simeon comes to them. Simeon, Anna, and they represent, if you want, the poor of the Lord, the simple people of faith that awaited the liberation of Israel. And Simeon had received a revelation. He knew that he would not die before seeing the Messiah, the Anointed One, right? And so when Jesus comes in, he, he recognizes him moved by the Holy Spirit, that there's no other way. He could just spot this one child among many. And he takes the child in his arms and says this prayer, this, this, this you know, prayer for God that we know as the Nunc Dimitis. Now, Lord, you can let your servant go in peace. Um, because he sees the salvation of Israel in this child that he's holding in his arms. Um, I think it's, it's beautiful to meditate in the, the magnanimity, you know, the, the grandeur of this man's prayer, because he's not thankful for anything that he would experience, him, experience himself. It's as if he's, you know, uh, his self-image and, and, and what he rejoices in, um, how should I put it? It's so connected with his own person with the people of Israel that he already rejoices that Israel has received the salvation. Now he's, a, he's about to die, so he's not going to see any of the works of Christ and, and the miracles and, and the, the, new com the, the, the renovation of Israel. But he rejoices so much that, that um, Israel will be saved, that humanity will be saved. Um, as if he was already seeing that. And it doesn't matter that it's not for him. It matters that the pe his, own, his people, his folk, his, 
you know, those who are suffering with him will see that salvation soon. Um, if you think of it, that takes, takes a great, uh, a very great soul to say that, because many times we think in very individualistic terms. We think, well, what does it matter to me? I'm not going to see any of that. What, if I suffer this loss, or if I lose my job, if I have this health issue, if I, if people don't recognize what I've done, then nothing makes sense. I'm no, I'm no one. I don't count. See how different Simeon's words are. He is this old man who will die very soon as he's living in the temple. It doesn't seem a very attractive life, in a sense. But he has this... Yeah, it's as if his sense of self wasn't just simply confined to his individual existence. He, it was broader than that, right? Well, I hope I can convey some of that, that I think, the greatness of, of this man. And then, finally, the prophecy about Mary and the, and the Passover, when he says that the sword will pierce your soul. Right? He's already seeing that even though here's the Savior coming, the task is not going to be easy. Some people, in a very strange way, will resist the Savior. So, I hope I have opened up some venues for your meditation. Um, it's a very you know, uh, intense encounter and there's many things that open up from this prophecy. So, um, just enter that scene and see what the Lord has in store for you.